Howdy guys. Hope um, this recording comes through. I am driving on my way back home or back to Chino Hills from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, yeah, it's it was a productive weekend. I did some work in Las Vegas and I watched some UFC fights, made some money on the sports book with MMA. UFC, of course, as you know, I'm conservative money-wise, so didn't make that much money because I didn't put that much on the line, but it was a very productive weekend. And now I'm going back to California. So since I'm driving, might as well shoot out a podcast. Now where am I right now? I'm 15 South. And we just passed the exit for Baker, California. Baker, of course, is kind of like in the valley. I mean, it's like surrounded by mountains. And it's like the lower, the elevation point is kind of low. And that's why it's like insane hot. Like right now it's 109 degrees. And I wouldn't wish anyone to actually live in Baker because holy Lord, it's, it's crazy hot. And you know, hot's one thing, but then there's, there's not much going on in the town. It's as my dad would uh, describe it, like a gas station town. And their whole economy is based on uh, a gas station, you know, gas stations. There's a big Tesla uh, recharge area here as well. Also, the road to go to Death Valley, you can also get off here if you didn't want to take the 395. Uh, There's a road to go to Death Valley here as well. So, since yeah it's it's 109 right now according to the giant baker thermometer which is the largest one in the world and the weird thing is they don't have a uh, diner attached to it anymore it's just a thermometer it's in baker's not really a hot spot uh, to stop and the drive from LA area to uh, Las Vegas is not long enough that people need to take a meal break where I, you know, like for example, the trip between Los Angeles and uh, our LA area and Phoenix, it's long enough where most people do take a meal break. Same with if you're going from Southern California to the Bay Area or to Sacramento those trips they do require a meal break so restaurants in in that path or and gas and truck stops things like that they tend to do better than the southern california to las vegas interstate 15 uh, diners Which uh, brings us to another point, which is Tesla has been doing really well. 
and it's for like they've there's there's this meme going around or an information meme <laughs> that's like the value of Tesla now the market cap is more than like the top 10 car companies combined and yeah do I find that ridiculous? Not really. Full disclosure, I am a Tesla stockholder. Uh, not that much, of course, but I do have a few shares that I purchased after he uh, interviewed with Joe Rogan the first time. And yeah, Elon Musk has this uh, future vision, which is you drive an electric car, which doesn't spew out much pollutants, much hydrocarbons into the environment. It's utilizing batteries, which you charge at home. And then, of course, the theory is when a power plant uh, produces, whether it's electricity or any sort of power, they're much more efficient than uh, your car itself produ producing power. So that theoretically is more environmental. But then, of course, uh, you also have, need to take account the production of batteries. If, if, if that's environmental or not, we don't know. Well, we do, which is battery production, uh, like lithium ion batteries, uh, night, that. NICAD batteries, um, the one before lithium ions, for the production of those batteries, uh, there's long records that it's not quite that environmental, so um, those actually hurt the environment, battery production, which you also have to consider. But anyways, the, the, the whole theory is you have this self-sustaining system, which uh, it goes along with uh, Elon's solar roof concept and his acquisition of solar city which is you produce the energy via the sun and then from there after you produce said energy from the sun uh, via your your solar panels and the conversion of uh, from the solar panels that converts the electricity into your at-home battery and then your at-home battery stores that power of course and then once it stores that power then then um, you plug in your Tesla for the night and then you charge up your Tesla so it's ready to go in the morning so you're basically, it's basically a self-sufficient energy system, which is very genius. It's uh, forward-thinking. It's thinking about the big picture. So that's the whole Tesla story. And because of that, <clears throat> that's, that's why the valuation is so high regarding Tesla. Because not only is it a car company, the, uh, Elon Musk wants to solve the whole... Uh, um, energy grid, energy system, once and for all, where everything is self-sufficient, 
um, particularly if you're in a sunny area like California or Arizona or Nevada where it's sunny like 330 days out of the year so you're you're producing um, a lot of or capturing a lot of energy via solar cells your solar roof and then you store that onto a battery then you use it uh, both to charge your car as well as uh, for home use and then you have a self-sufficient energy system it's very brilliant and yeah so that's tesla that's their story which i i really enjoy i think elon musk is a genius as i've stated uh, many times before and he's doing something that's what how do you say uh revolutionary and innovative and thinking outside of the box much like steve jobs and and Jeff Bezos and all these visionary thinkers. Also, a uh, pro tip when you're investing in stocks, the CEO of the company is very important. So, if you have guys like Bezos and, and Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, those types of dudes, you want to have those, uh, heck, even Jack Dorsey, you want to have those types of guys uh, at the helm of your company because they can see the big picture and we're not just like a logistics manager or, or you know an accounting whiz or something like that they can they're actually visionary and they can think outside the box they're not just a, a management drone so that 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 goes into that's that's my uh, vision of Tesla I guess my my breakdown of Tesla and in addition he has Elon Musk has his boring company which is kind of semi associated with Tesla but not really which is his tunneling company his vision is that if you want to create a better uh, transportation grid you have to build tunnels and go underground because you need a um, this is what he stated on the Joe Rogan podcast as well which is right now it's a 2d grid regarding the, tr the whole traffic thing for the most part um, your roadway is basically top-down 2d and there's only a certain limit regarding how much traffic a 2D system can can um, you know can facilitate where whereas if you add a different dimension and make it 3D then you know you can have tunnels several layers deep you can have a have some bridges but bridges of course uh, people aren't super crazy about because it doesn't look particularly awesome so his vision is to build a bunch of tunnels everywhere to 3d basically the transportation grid which makes a lot of sense because you know when you're running a 2d map um the the, the only way to expand the capacity of your transportation system 
is you have to make the road wider. The problem with that is you can only have roads a certain certain width wide before you have issues with um, you know you have issues with you know you have to tear down more houses or tear down businesses etc etc to, to facilitate the road so the the whole 3d thing uh, Elon Musk has his boring company and his vision is that uh, Tesla's and other types of uh, and t specifically built Tesla larger vehicles can transport people back and forth in these uh, lower cost tunnels to make efficient the transportation grid. And in Ontario Airport, of course, they're they've actually okayed because they were going to previously on in Ontario Airport, they're going to previously extend the gold line. But because of Elon Musk's uh, boring company, uh, their their cost estimates for building a tunnel were so comparatively low compared to actually extending the gold line from from Pomona, where it was supposed to be, that uh, the San Bernardino County transportation people decided to give give. Uh, the the boring company go and they're gonna build a tunnel between Ontario Airport and like the Rancho Cucamonga Metrolink station or something. So that will be very very interesting to see how that works, and it's gonna be a very exciting time. And of course, like Elon Musk said, like the the tunnels apparently they're the safest place in an earthquake. Uh, so. He's a physics genius, I'm not, so I'll take his word for that. Next up, I'd like to talk about self-improvement, Toastmasters. As you know, I'm involved with a speaking club called Toastmasters. And in said speaking club, You work on a bunch of workbooks, and you give different types of speeches and have different types of projects uh, to improve your leadership skills and your public speaking skills. It's not quote-unquote fun per se, but you get to improve, uh, first of all, your public speaking and speaking in front of people. And secondly... You get to improve your leadership skills because these clubs have a lot of officer positions and when you sign up to be an officer, you have certain duties and certain responsibilities and, you know, you're, you're leading and building teams, etc., etc. So it's a very, very good opportunity and pre pre pre-coronavirus excuse me, tongue tied there you have two choices regarding Toastmasters one is you would either go to a corporate club which is how I originally started at State Farm um, 
some of these companies, they have like uh, in-company clubs where during their lunch break, they would run a Toastmasters meeting and because, and after running said, uh, said meeting, uh, they would go back to work. So it would basically take place during their lunch break. And then the theory behind the whole thing is if you're a better public speaker and you, you're nurturing your leadership skills, you can uh, be better, be a better asset for your company and slide into a management position, no problem, and do a supervisory role and you'll be very equipped to go. And then, so th those are corporate clubs and then a second type of club, which is the um, outside clubs, which typically they meet they meet uh, either, you know, a any day between like Monday and Sunday, <laughs> basically, depending on the club, they would they would meet at a restaurant and through your your dinner meal, they would run and run a meeting and you would do all the listen to a few speeches and be through that. Then the meeting's over, you get a good an all right meal and because t typically these are like at Denny's or or at IHOP or places like that so you listen to a few speeches you might give a speech or two or give an evaluation to a speech do your officer duties and then have an all right meal and voila through an efficient use of an hour and a half you've uh, or an hour 15 minutes you've improved your life one week at a time so I'm a big fan of Toastmasters I encourage everyone to participate which and yes it's not fun in the classical sense of fun of being a fun club but very important, uh, you know, to to just do things and th through Toastmasters, one week at a time, you'll improve your public speaking skills and you'll improve your leadership skills. Hopefully, those skills can transfer and you can start a podcast and go into management, whatever. Okay, so yeah, that was just, uh, we're still 15 south, we're still between Bakersfield and, and uh, I mean not Bakersfield, we're still between Baker and Barstow at this point. We just had a traffic jam because there was an accident on the side of the road, still chugging along here. I'm following a big rig truck as I'm recording this, uh, so... My speeds aren't super fast, but I can talk and drive at the same time doing this. Next up, I'd like to talk about, uh, get into some, some things regarding real estate. Now, in California, we continue to see 
at least in Southern California, um, but uh, statewide as well, we continue to see the real estate prices have not been terribly affected by the coronavirus. I mean, we're, uh, we're pretty much on month five of the coronavirus now, but I, I know during the early, early era of the coronavirus, uh, like March, April, there was some effects, but come May, after the the first set of lockdowns were lifted, then people got into the home buying appetite again, and that kind of buoyed the home prices up, as well as uh, interest rates were continually continuing to be high. I mean, interest rates continue to be extremely low, and then that helped uh, buoy the the high prices of the real estate. Also, there's a lack of supply. A lot of these home sellers, or people that were planning on selling, they're kind of on a wait-and-see mode until after the coronavirus and after all the civil unrest. Heck, even after the, the whole... Uh, 2020 election that's coming up in November so many people are waiting and seeing before they want to sell the house uh, if, if they were planning on selling the house to downsize or relocate or whatever so you have a higher demand and you have a low supply which is uh, keeping real estate prices high at the moment And, uh, you know, I've, I've always been an advocate of you need to start, if you want to, I don't know if making money is the right term, but if, if you want to start your real estate journey, the smartest thing to do is to, is to start with a condo. There's no way you can save up. Well, you can, but it's terribly, terribly hard, virtually impossible uh, that you can save up enough money to buy your quote-unquote dream house. Because as you're saving up money, the home values continue to appreciate. Like, I did some calculations between kind of like an eight-year time frame or... or between or a seven-year time from I forget basically between January 2000 2013 and and June 2020 that's uh, what seven and a half years and then this is in the city of Ontario California home prices appreciated like 99% during that time so The median price back in January 2013 was like 234000 and then now, you know, it's, it's doubled, so you're, you know, what, 460, 460 and change? So, so um, that's, that's just accounting for the appreciation. It's, that's like, uh, you know, another 234000 So, you know, you... 
10% of everything or 20% of everything for, for conventional loans, there's no way you can save up enough because every day, uh, every day the houses like in Ontario or wherever or in any part of California, but they appreciate like 80, $80 a day or something. So, <laughs> so th there's no way you can save up to catch up for that. So I always recommend people to start off with a condo. Then that kind of protects yourself from these types of uh, home appreciation um, factors. So when you are saving for your dream home, you're, you're also uh, riding along the appreciation wave. Your condo is also appreciating. Your one or two bedroom condo is also appreciating uh, at similar rates as your quote-unquote dream house so at least you're protecting yourself from that whereas if you're straight paying rent every every freaking month your rent continues to increase you're you're not building any sort of equity you're not protecting yourself from any type of uh home appreciation pressures and it's just a really 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 tough road to save up uh, directly from buying a uh, from renting a comfortable place to buying your your dream house. So I I always recommend to to start off with a condo, and then now home prices are so friggin' crazy now. As you know, they've they've basically doubled since 2013, and then they've gone up like 150 percent from from earlier, like 2011. That you know, I don't know, man. I'm a California realtor. I'm licensed in California only, but there's just a lack of uh, opportunity when it comes to the job environment um, for a lot of types of professions in California. So you have to also take that into account. As you all know, I used to have a job at uh, State Farm, a very, very well-paying job at State Farm. And... That was both in... started. My position was in Irvine, then went to Rancho Cucamonga, then the whole company decided to leave California, so the job ended up headed towards Arizona, and Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia. The end result of all that jazz is... Um, you know, a lot of people, they ended up not having not having their jobs no more. Uh, I took that as an opportunity to become a realtor, but, um, you know, I, I forgot my severance to, to leave State Farm a year earlier. To basically try my hand at real estate, and yeah, things haven't gone very well for me personally. Uh, professionally basically 
and yeah, it's tough. So my main point in that is, if, if you're in California and you're a young couple, or I forget, you got, or a single man or a single woman trying to get into the real estate game and even buy a house or something like that, it's incredibly, incredibly hard because not only are there not a lot of well-paid jobs, the, the housing prices continue to skyrocket. So I always recommend people um, in that situation where they want to be homeowners but they can't afford uh, to throw down a down payment or anything like that. I've always recommend these geniuses pursue um, you know, pursue opportunities both in uh, just just get out of the Southern California region. Now, if, if you're in medical, you might not have to worry about that because uh, medical pays well, but the same issues apply. And Okay, traffic's getting a bit crazy here. Let me navigate. But basically, you know, in these other areas, you can, uh, both in Arizona and in Nevada, you can have a regular type of job. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't need to be an attorney. You don't need to be an optop optometrist or anything like that, or a nurse. You can have a regular type of job, and then you can buy a single-family home, and then buy some rental properties after a few years, and raise a family in a single-family home while building equity, which are all incredibly, incredibly hard to do in California. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a shame. Um, I don't know, man. Every day, California seems like a worse place to be at because of the restrictions. All these COVID restrictions, like, um, like LA County, the LA County ha had like this, um, I don't know if they had the strictest or San Francisco had the strictest, but... LA County have uh, one of the strictest restrictions. Uh, certainly in in Southern California, they were like the top, the the most restrictive, and they have like ten times the amount of COVID positives as any other county. So it's it's really it's really crazy. Like people criticize like in Orange County, like oh yeah, masks are not. Um, you know, masks are not super popular here, blah, blah, blah. And then, but then in LA County, the most restrictive, the Corona cases are going up like crazy. So it really, you really have to wonder like what the heck's going on. And, you know, they want to blame conservatives, like, because conservatives aren't wearing a mask or whatever, but let's face it. In LA County, you have a lot, a lot of these cultures. Um, one, they're super liberal. Two, um, let's just say they haven't been 
been celibate this whole time, man. I mean, look, I, I've tried to get onto the dating market several times in the past six months to uh, no avail. And to meet the right person, meet a wife, etc., etc. I highly doubt that a lot of these people are living the celibate life and they're still meeting people and all that jazz and, and certain, certainly certain activities can spread COVID. If, if standing within six feet of someone can spread COVID, certainly other activities, as you know, can uh, spread COVID as well. And in, in, in those counties, with those population types, the liberal, the very sexually active, you're gonna, you're gonna have higher COVID numbers. But of course, that's not PC to say, so they want to blame conservatives for, uh, uh, not wearing a mask or whatever. But then I, I, I see... I think it's more of a generational thing. Because I see a lot of young people that are just hanging out and they're living their life like there was no COVID and they're doing stuff together, they're in their cars together, etc, etc. And... Lo and behold, the the uh, most the demographic with the highest percentage rise of the of the COVID positive cases are young people. Meanwhile, there's older people, seniors, and retirees, and uh, people of that sort. They've been barricaded in their houses for literally five to six months now. So. You can you can really see the, how how COVID is changing, and how COVID is more of a age related thing. You know they want to in, interject politics into this and blame one group, blame the other group, and oh yeah, these people are going to church, so they're spreading COVID. But then you can pack people in into a BLM protest and and uh, or an Antifa riot and that's okay but be people going to church that's not okay and that spreads so it's, it's really a lame situation and it's it's most of it's the media to blame I recommend uh, anyone uh, listening to also listen to Tim Pool Tim cast Timcast IRL, those are really, really good podcasts to kind of shed, they, Tim Pool sheds light on how um, the media manipulates stories to blame conservatives, and it's really unfortunate that's the case. Uh, finally, which brings us to
I want to talk about, uh, oh yeah, so we were talking about, like, public transit. Me and one of my friends were exchanging, exchanging, uh, you know, messages, and one of our debates was car usage, and he was lamenting about, it sucks that in California or wherever, in the U.S. in general, you need to have a car. Then I reminded him that the public transit life isn't that nice. Especially now in the times of COVID and coronavirus, you certainly don't want to get super subconscious about uh, your, your public respiratory health every time you ride a bus. And... I, of course, have had many, many public transit experiences in my earlier times. During college, of course, uh, RTA, Riverside Transit Authority, they had, if you slide it, your UCR card, your UCR ID, uh, you get free bus rides. And so I rode around to go to Riverside. Of course, it took forever, less most uh, bus, bus rides typically do. And then there was another option. Uh, which was not an option, but when I started to work at, at State Farm, I was living in Santa Ana with Donegan, and that was basically on Grand Avenue. And there's a bus that goes from Grand Avenue pretty much all the way to my work in Irvine. Single route, no transfers, just the way I like it. And that's the best way to ride a bus, by the way. No transfers, because transfers are dicey situations. And... So I rode that for about half a year and it was a very frustrating process because when you ride a bus there's always the possibility that a crazy guy or a, a druggie or a druggo or a crazy homeless dude they could board the bus and then they could um, harass the passengers on the bus, etc., etc. Because the emission to the bus is like, uh, I don't know what it is now. Back it, back then it was one fifty. Probably it's probably two bucks now or two three dollars, and it's really a unfortunate situation because you ride in the bus and then. You know, some crazy guy comes in, and then everyone's on edge. You're, you're already frustrated because the bus is so slow, and then you have this crazy guy come in. It's not really safe. Um, I've also rode Greyhound a few times. Those aren't super safe either, because you can come on board with any type of weapon, and the bus driver's not going to say anything. No one checks for that. Um... The only public transit I liked 
that was comfortable was Metrolink, which uh, transported people from the Inland Empire to um, to Orange County or LA. Uh, so, how Metrolink works is you have to wake up like super super early, like five a.m. to catch a um, like a six thirty a.m. train and. No, no, I, I woke up at, f at like 5, and then my train left like at 5.50, at 6.08, basically. So, um, that would that train would roll down to uh, South Irvine, and, and would continue on, but basically I rode it to Irvine, and um, through that whole process, I got to work at 7.20, so it was really an efficient way to get to work um, if you didn't want to deal with... Uh, toll roads or the traffic or anything like that and Metrolink is cool because the people that ride Metrolink are specifically going to work they're not uh, they're not um, you know they're not riding it for pleasure or just to get somewhere so they, they are the people that want to go to work they don't want any trouble they just want to go to work and come home to their families so, Metrolink was really cool in that way. And, if I could, I'd, uh, I mean, if it was convenient and, and I had a job that matched with Metrolink schedules, I'd, I'd probably ride that again. Um, so, basically, my whole point in this whole thing is that um, most people prefer to be in a car. Los Angeles County, LA County, which has, in Southern California, the most developed public transit system. Public transit ridership like decreased by 20% in the last decade. A lot of that is the economy, of course. And the economy has done well, and people have saved up uh, a few thousand bucks that they can buy a used car. And through buying a used car, they can proceed to uh, basically sit in the privacy of their own car going somewhere while sitting in LA County traffic, which is preferable to riding a bus, to no one's surprise, because turns out that even if you sit in traffic and you're going somewhere, chances are it's gonna be faster than riding a bus and you're you're uh, you have the comfort of privacy which is of course very good my main point in the whole thing is that people prefer to be in cars Privacy is important. And now with podcasts and other types of uh, informative radio shows, audiobooks, your driving in the car can be very, very productive. And you can learn a second language, brush up on uh, whatever tests you need to, to take, any type of certification test, or you can listen to podcasts and get a bunch of... Um, general knowledge so the car is a very 
what I'm saying is that driving is preferable by a whole ton of people versus public transit. Of course, and then, like, if you ride the blue line, there's... The blue line is is this uh, above-ground uh, light rail in Los Angeles that connects L.A. with Long Beach. And they have individual cars that uh, each of those cars can be, like, the front engine car, I guess, what you call it. Um, with the with the uh, driver, but basically, um, at any time, a crazy guy can enter the uh, the um, what do you call it? Enter the public transit, and it can get very tense as well. And if you feel the guy is getting too crazy in the in the car. You can, during the, the next stop, you can hop off and then hop onto a different car um, to avoid said crazy guy. That's a public transit trick, but the public, but the crazy guy can do the, do so as well. So, yeah, it's a headache. <clears throat> Overall. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I have to say about public transit. People prefer cars. So Elon Musk, of course, his whole boring company thing and his whole 3D traffic uh, vision, uh, it, it makes sense because people, they do like the privacy of being in their car if given a choice. I mean, certainly there's a lot of immigrants from China and Hong Kong and Vietnam and places like that. Uh, in Asia, where owning a car is... Uh, I mean, like, only high-class people own a car because uh, either there's a lot of taxes involved or there's no place to park your car, things like that. Um, even those immigrants, they would have a hard time giving up their cars to go back to that lifestyle of um, cramming onto a bus, dealing with bus schedules, dealing with uh, missed buses, stuff like that. Yeah, overall, I'm, I'm concerned about the 2020 elections. Uh, but overall, California's been going... Um, super, super anti-business, and with, with these second round of lockdowns, it's it's very concerning. Because there's just no real vision on how to end the lockdowns. And what... I mean, they're saying you need 14 days straight of negative tests. I mean, that could take a long, long time, so... I don't know. It's like uh, I I just don't know what the government wants to do, and I I feel the media plays a very large part in sowing seeds of discord, and it's not good for 
America as a whole. And overall, I'm, I'm very concerned if, if Biden wins, of course. I don't want... Uh, I, I think the Democrats have turned to the far left, and the only thing that 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 entails is is going to be a lot of anti-business sentiment, and there's going to be less police, less funding for police, so things are going to be less safe, and you can't run a business that way. So I'm I'm very concerned. California is, of course, uh, California and New York are the most extreme examples of those, and I'm uh, concerned that it just might not be a good place to um, start a business or or even function as as a family unit or anything like that because. The government now, it's just like straight, they're passing policies that are um, kind of regressive. Like, they're going to have this bill that would strike down uh, language, uh, language that prohibits discrimination from the California state constitution. And that's not good. Like, they're going to bring back affirmative action to to college admissions, like, what are they freaking thinking? It's like, there, there's all these things that are, like, anti-Asian, because Asians are successful, and all these, all these uh, liberal Asians, they go along with it. I just don't understand it. If, you, if you're gonna force quote, racial quotas onto the UCs, What's going to happen? It's it's going to hurt Asians, because there's going to be less Asians in these schools uh, by their quota directives, and then you're going to have less qualified people um, if they match certain uh, quote unquote racial statistics, uh, racial demographics. They're going to uh, end up uh, all things equal. They they might end up going to a school that. Uh, that you as an Asian person would, would get denied for. So, overall, I don't want to live it in a state where that type of language is supported and that type of movement, so... Yeah, I don't know. I love California. Um, or suburban California, I guess. I love the Inland Empire. I love the 909. But, unfortunately... The state supersedes, so you can be living in a conservative area, um, but then if the state government is really liberal, you know, state law supersedes also. Like, uh, like they like to say like Austin is like liberal, but then Texas state law isn't, so state law supersedes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have to say. I don't really like to talk about politics so much, but it's just that um, things are getting a bit crazy in California, and that's very, very concerning.
you know, as, as a realtor, I'm I'm concerned that uh, people can't afford places to live, which is a, of course a very very valid concern, and and I and I get it. It's very very expensive. If you can afford to live in California, I highly 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 recommend that you move to Las Vegas or, or Phoenix area. I mean. There's just so many more jobs, so many more opportunities. It's it's not even close. Anyways, I hope everyone's uh, doing well. And if you have um, any questions, you know my Instagram is Vision of Tam. That's Vision of T-A-M. And I hope you all are doing well. I'll see you guys. And I'll talk to you guys at another time. My throat's getting dry from all this talking. So, I will see ya. And another time, I, you know, I've discovered this whole uh, recording through the cell phone thing. So, I'm going to be updating my, my, uh, podcast much more frequently now and the sound quality is going to be off because I'm going to speak through I'm not going to do any editing and I'm just going to talk on the cell phone but there's going to be a lot of episodes so get ready anyways have a good one guys adios